Hi, it's Judy Carter, and welcome to the Power of Purpose podcast. And this is where we explore how to live a life on purpose and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. And I'm here with my buddy, Jason. How's it going, Judy? It's going. It's going. It's going. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Should I introduce the topic today? Sure. All right. So today we are going to talk about a phrase that is used often. We've actually used it on this podcast, and that is getting good. How do I get good? You hear that all the time with people saying, oh, you know, before you can be a professional, you got to get good, whether that's a comic or a writer or a speaker or, you know, whatever your creative endeavor may be. People always throw that phrase out. You got to get good. But what the hell does that mean? <laughs> what does get good mean? And, you know, we may not have the ultimate answer, but it's worth discussing and, and trying to figure out, you know, how do you define that? How you sense, you know, in creative work, everything's kind of subjective. So what's good? What's not good? And how do you get good? Right. And we all know we won't m name names, but mm -hmm. we all know and seen someone go, how the hell? hell are they getting paid mm -hmm, exactly right? yep oh my gosh well i know in the comedy bible the whole last part um of the book is called getting good okay and and what does that mean so i do know this i do know that uh especially for comedy mm -hmm. um if you put yourself out and you have a showcase and I've been doing stand-up for a month now, and <laughs> I have a lot of connections, and I'm going to invite them all to come see me. Mm -hmm. And um, and chances are that's going to be a huge mistake because, um, and I've done that with people. I've had students in my workshop, and they were really what I felt good. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've made this mistake. And so I arranged for them to do a set at the Hollywood Improv. Mm -hmm. And and it was uh, an eye opener for me that in the class they were f far superior than everybody else. Mm -hmm. But there is something elusive um, about their performance that made them look green when they're performing next to a pro who's been doing it 10 years mm -hmm. and they looked horrible. Okay. You know, even though their material was great, everything was great, um, they just obviously were not ready. Yes. So they weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge difference between boy, I'm really talented, I've got a lot of energy, i got a lot of enthusiasm, and somehow a lot of confidence. And, <laughs> you know, and I've got a lot of friends with connections, I'm going to put myself out there. Well, the problem with doing that is the first impressions stick. Mm -hmm. And I talk to a lot of agents about this, um, and they all say the same thing is, you will have every single person in this business or attempting to be in this business will have an opportunity to uh, shine and to be in front of someone mm. once. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then, and then, um, then trying to get them back 
is just going to be really hard because they formed their impression. Yep. And so what do you do about that? I think in terms of like right now, I'm thinking of Vicki uh, Barbalak, who was my student. Um, I think she was about 15 years ago or mm -hmm. 10, 12 years, must have been about 15 years ago. And she was good, right? She was, she was fine. Now, it's 15 years later. Now, she was kind of doing some open mics. She was, you know, booked here and there as a middler. But it's been 15 years she's been doing it. And she is in the final five of America's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. Right? So now, she's, if you're in the final five of America's Got Talent, you're guaranteed to work. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed, because she's been on television, uh, major t network television. People seen her five times, um, and she's you know she's got her. It's elusive, but it she's got her brand. Mm -hmm. you know, she's got her character down. She she's got a code word. Um, I think a trailer trash housewife, mm -hmm. right? And so. She didn't have all of that stuff. She knows exactly what to wear, this kind of trashy outfit. It's just, it all came together. But it it's not always in your time yeah. <laughs> that, you know. So we can talk a little bit about how to get good and how do you know when you're good. And I'm not exactly sure of that. But okay. let's, let's talk about it maybe something will come out of this that people listening <laughs> might can be use. Beneficial, yeah. Well, one of the first things that you mentioned right there is time. You know, people, oh, I did comedy for one month. I'm great in the classroom. So now, obviously, I'm ready to go out and perform for everybody. But time is a big factor of getting good because you have to put yourself out there and you have to put yourself out there in environments that you are not normally comfortable with so you can see other types of reaction to the creativity and the art that you're trying to make a living off of. Yeah, let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres a little okay. bit. Because I think her career track was brilliant, how she she handled it. Um, I met Ellen at a, in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she was living in New Orleans. New Orleans, however you say it. New Orleans, New Orleans, however you say it. Anyway, and uh, I was there for two weeks, and I was the headlining comic. Ellen was the opener. Mm -hmm. So Ellen got herself, um, she was the club opener. Mm -hmm. So very often, clubs will use the local people over and over, not pay them very much, mm -hmm. give them a hamburger or 25 bucks or something, and have them MC the show, and and uh, do like a fifteen minute set, ten minute set to open up. Mm -hmm. And because it's in uh, New Orleans, there's not a lot of. It's not like Hollywood where there's so many comics you're competing with, or New York, or Chicago. It's not a comedy town. Mm -hmm. So I met Ellen, and she just was very nice, very friendly to me, very sweet, um, and invite, you know, showed me around the town, invited me to go to some places, but she was on purpose, mm -hmm. you know, meaning that she wanted to do this as a living. I live in Los Angeles, so she asked me 
you know, 500 questions. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was talking to another comic, Monica Piper. She goes, oh, I was in Nor- Clyde's Comedy Corner in New Orleans. Ah, oh, did Ellen just bombard you with questions? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. But, you know, she was sweet, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So she, I don't know how long she stayed there, but it was many years. Okay. Right? And she's doing a lot of the, some of the routines that, you know, she later did later on. But she got something called stage time. So it's, if you're a performer, there's, it's, it's this elusive thing called stage time. Um, you can't see it yourself, how it gives you more confidence. But every time you go up, you're learning something. Mm-hmm. And you're building your skill set. And so she's going up. She knows how to handle a small audience. She knows how to handle a drunk audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say you get, you know, you get a lot of ex- experience. You go to a sh- do a showcase. You don't know what kind of audience it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, we've all had we've had audience heckling audiences, quiet audiences, you know, religious audiences, um, you know, all sorts of audiences, and. When you have a bad set, it's not necessarily bad. It's like that's how you learn how to work the room. Mm-hmm. So she stayed there for years, and then she didn't come to L.A. She came to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in San Francisco, she entered, she worked there, built up more of her, of her skill, more stage time. And then she entered in um, a San Francisco comedy competition, and won first place mm. because she had that years and years and years of working. Then having won that, then she came to L.A. Mm. And she hit L.A. and immediately got on The Tonight Show as the winner of that comedy contest. Right. Okay. And she always worked clean, mm-hmm. totally clean, mm. you know, totally knew her persona, knew what she wanted to do. And then she hit. Um, the, a major town, and I call the major industry towns, mm-hmm. um, Los Angeles, New York. Um, she hit it, and she got noticed, and she don't have to say too much more about it, yeah. you know. So I think um, Roseanne Barr back then had the same career track. She came from Denver, where she used it to get stage time, mm-hmm. a lot of stage time. Again, very friendly with all the other comics. People, a lot of people writing for her. She mm-hmm. got a lot of people to write for her. And then when she hit L.A. and I saw her at the comedy store and someone's new in town, it was like, cool. And she blew me away. I'd never seen anything like that where I'm a domestic goddess. She had her hook. She had everything about it. And again, she immediately got a series, you know, just... Yeah. Just she blew away she just blew away the room. Mm-hmm. So that's what I I I feel that um to get good the absolute essential part of getting good is failure. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You cannot get good without bombing at whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not bombing, if you're always getting the same amount of laughs, you're not taking any chances. Okay. So you have to try different things, push yourself to the point where the audience stops reacting, and then you can realize what that point is for you of being daring. Okay. How far? And this is not 
having to do with um, being dirty, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, a lot of people think being daring. I'm going to tell anal sex jokes. No, not so much. Yeah. That's not daring. That's hack. You know, that's not being daring. Mm-hmm. Being daring means doing things out of your comfort zone to improve your delivery, who you are. So it might be do, trying an accent. Yeah. It might be doing a, a different kind of character that feels maybe uncomfortable to mm-hmm. you because you're doing it for the first time. It might be trying an entire new set of material on a totally different topic. Because anytime you try something different, you will bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, guaranteed. But so if you're not bombing, you're not getting good. So bombing is an essential part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's what you learn from bombing. So I find that a lot of female comics will bomb and take it personally. Oh, I'm bad. I didn't do it good. Yeah. And I notice a lot of the guy comics will go, Oh, I bombed. Hmm. I wonder how I could change that. What word? Maybe this joke I'll take out. Maybe I'll rearrange the order. Maybe this will go. So um, it's like not just bombing, but what do you do with it and how do you improve? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take it personally. I just remind yourself that you probably bombed because you tried something new. You're taking chances. But good news, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. So to sum up, you know, getting good means one thing, and one thing is getting stage time mm-hmm. and trying something different, yeah. having the guts to try something different. And in doing that, the audience will tell you, will tell you what works, what doesn't work. And in doing that, perhaps you'll come in line with um, who you are as a performer. Mm-hmm. What is your brand? Yep. You know, what, how do people perceive you and how can you work with that perception to launch into a brand that when you hit L.A. and New York, mm-hmm. you'll kill? Okay. Well, it's, it's so to, to, to pull it back a little bit more and uh, to give, give some insights for our non-comic and non-speaker friends, what might also uh, an angle to look at it as is sort of experimentation with intent. You know, you are going to experiment with your art, with your thing, and see what you get back, what kind of feedback you get, you know. And, you know, failing is a part of it. You you know, if the bravery to say, you know what, I'm going to do this whether I bomb or whether I succeed or not is a part of the learning process. That's a part of the getting good. And if you're not experimenting and you're not trying and you're not doing something different, then you're not growing and ultimately you're not getting better so i think uh experimentation becomes a big a big part of any creative endeavor you know whether it's you know doing stand-up or you know painting or writing or whatever if you are just sitting in your comfort zone and going oh no i'm i think i'm good because i only show this to my parents or i only show it to my friends or i only show it to people who i think will like it then you're not going to grow you have to be like nope this is why I'm putting this down and I'm putting it out there. And if someone throws it back in my face and says, oh, this is terrible. Well, then, OK, let's go back to the laboratory. Let's work on it a little bit. Take it back out again. No, 100 yeah. percent. And people think that, um, you know, um, perhaps with this attitude, it's to trying to get approval from the audience. Mm-hmm. Um I I disagree with this. Mm. I feel 
that audiences can react strongly and positively when the comic is totally in their own authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I think trying to find that authenticity within yourself takes a long time. Yeah, it's not natural. It doesn't just appear. Right. And and I've had jokes that were killer jokes, but when then when they stop being authentic to me, it's like magically the audience stops laughing. Like I had a joke where I was in my twenties um, and I was going or thirties. I was thirty two and the joke was, you know, it's hard dating. Men at thirty start thinking about no. It's hard dating. Women at 30 think about having children, and men in their 30s think about dating children. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> but then I told the joke when I'm in my 40s, and all of a sudden, people aren't laughing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think I was perceived as too old to have children. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't matter. I didn't even want children. And the joke was inauthentic for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the joke that got a huge laugh in my 30s, same exact wording, stopped working when it became inauthentic for me. Mm. So you can develop a really, you could get good at a certain act, but then you outgrow it. That's yeah. another problem. So your material, here's the question, and I guess here's an exercise, and I guess this is for you stand-up comics, is look at your material, okay? Look at your material. And how much of it do you believe in? Like, go through each joke and say to yourself, is this still relevant for me? Is the message in what I'm talking about, do I still care about this? And if not, let it go. Mm -hmm. Let it go. It's like, you know, and, and I think it's the same thing with entrepreneurs. Um, you know, who are selling things on their website and they're selling things from 20 years ago. Mm. It's like, throw it away. That book, you know, <laughs> the book uh, is no longer relevant. Just yeah. throw it away. Let well, that's, go of it. I mean, that assignment works whether for stand-up comics or any other field. If you look at the work, the art that you're creating, that you're trying to make a living off of or making a living off of now, and you look at it and it doesn't, and it's not relevant to you. And it doesn't feel like it's coming from you anymore. Even if it did come from you in a past version, then in order to get good, in order to, to make it better, you have got to experiment and say, you know what? This doesn't work for me anymore. Out it goes. I need to start creating stuff that is relevant to who I am right now, the artist right. that I am right now. So I think we've, we've, we've sort of answered this question mm -hmm. because it's not about getting good. It's about about keep being good mm -hmm. do you know and keep it, doing the work keep experimenting keep experimenting mm -hmm. keep doing something different and keep being relevant because i think being good is of course you have to know how to come out on a stage mm -hmm. how to connect an audience how to work a microphone how to you know deal with hecklers how to um you know, deliver a joke, how to write a joke. How, I mean, those are all a part of the, you know, the mechanisms. Yeah, it's like a strategy, but of, it's not Yeah, of doing stand-up yeah. comedy. Mm -hmm. That's all. So you have to know how to do all of that stuff. And if you're coming out there and you're going like, hey, everybody, how y'all doing? Let me tell you a little bit about myself. You're mm -hmm. hack, right? Yeah. So, so being good means being original, 
knowing, having the skill set, and that skill set comes from working in front of a lot of audiences because mm-hmm. it's it's elusive. But you know that day that comes that when you're in front of the audience and and you're writing your talent and you're writing your instincts and you know how to do that and you're not robo-comic. I've memorized this. I'm reciting it. Yep. You are confident about your skill set of being on stage, walking on stage, having that confidence. But that's not enough because you'll have great shows and you feel you hit it, but you have to sustain that by continually challenging yourself and getting better and there's no stop to this and that's why stand-up comedy is so daunting and so many people got so successful at it quit it like you know steve martin because it's hard to sustain Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep being relevant and it's one of the hardest things to really truly get good at okay so Ultimately, assignment-wise, when you're when you're done listening to the podcast today, go look at your creative work. Look at what you've you've made, stuff you've made in the past, what you're writing now, and ask yourself: Is this still relevant to me? Does this do, do I still believe in this? And if not, out it goes. And is it relevant to the world around us? Mm. You know, is it relevant? Are you doing, yeah. are you a woman doing, I'm so fat and I'm so ugly and mm-hmm. come on, it's the Me Too movement now, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, it, you're not being, you know, hip and relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still doing the self-deprecation that was kind of over five years ago, which mm-hmm. is now about female empowerment and 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 loving who you are now. So, you know, where where is your material and how does it relate to the world? So I just say, go through each of you and just go, is this meaningful to me? Mm-hmm. And is this now? Is this something that's relevant to the world now? And when you start going, yes, 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 100% yes, you're writing great. And then are you performing great? Have you had enough stage time? So get out and, you know, I don't care if it's an open mic and just in front of comics. Um, We'll talk about that in another podcast because I know a lot of people complain about that and I have some ideas about it. But that's it. Just go through. Are you relevant to yourself? Are you authentic to yourself? If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.